0: I'm Gary Bard, founder and editor-in-chief of today's Caregiver Magazine and Caregiver.com, and your host for our weekly caregiving podcast series. In this podcast, we will introduce you to many of the leading caregiving thought leaders, authors, experts, and even caregivers with famous faces who have graced the covers of our magazine. It's a pleasure to introduce you to my next guest, Tom Riley as President and Chief Executive Officer of SeniorLink. He leads one of the nation's largest organizations focused on transforming care management in the home where we family caregivers play such a pivotal role. And as a caregiver for his elderly aunt and uncle, Tom understands firsthand the challenges that families face and is committed to enriching the lives of caregivers and families across the country. Tom. Welcome. It's a pleasure to talk to you. If you don't mind, let's start by talking about your own personal caregiving. What What did you learn from caring for your Aunt Nora?
1: Well, I, I've learned that if you know one uh, individual that needs help, you know one individual that needs help. Um, you'd think that those of us particularly that do this every day in supporting caregivers uh, in their great work that um you know you'd you'd have all kinds of uh tricks of the trade but this is such a complex situation uh, my aunt nora is 93 and my uncle is 87 uh, uncle mike and uh we finally after 10 years of supporting them at home uh through a combination of uh family caregiving and coordinating professional support into the home and doing all that advocacy work that caregivers do and med recs and running them to and from the hospital and so forth, we finally, uh, my aunt got so fragile, we admitted her to um, uh, a SNF um, just a couple of weeks ago, and that was the tipping point. My uncle, uh, Mike, could not be maintained at home without um, her there, and so he's gone into assisted living. So, Their journey is changing. Our journey has certainly changed, but we're gratified by the work we did to support them for a little over a decade at home.
0: You know, we always like to say that the family caregivers are really the CEOs of Caring for Our Loved Ones, Inc., and it seems to dovetail your concept of putting the family caregiver in charge. What are you hearing from family caregivers who are in your programs?
1: We hear that they are fiercely independent. They start by saying... um, You know, I'll figure this out, Uh, but over time, if you take the time to work with them and build a relationship, uh, we've well documented over nearly 20 years that the support that you can provide them with people, which are our care teams, our product, which is uh, our technology that reaches into the home, uh, communicates with them daily, and our protocols that we create, so the three Ps we refer to them as, that we create... Um, uh, with caregivers, for caregivers, uh, you know, around management of, of disease, management of meds, transitions of care, uh, have been foundational in, in making a difference in their lives.
0: We've worked with your terrific Caregiver Homes team at our New Haven, Connecticut uh, Fearless Caregiver Conferences for the past few years, and they always bring a young family caregiver who's in the program to talk to the attendees. And I'll tell you, there's never a dry eye in the house after they talk. And we're working with your Indiana group to do the same there. Tell me about the work of caregiver homes and how you see caregiver homes empowering family caregivers.
1: What we're able to do with our structured family caregiving model in particular is two things. Uh, As I think you know, uh, these caregivers uh, make a full-time live-in commitment in that model and we are typically being paid a rate from straight from Medicaid or from a managed care organization that has stepped into the Medicaid or dual eligible risk and we pass some of that rate along to the caregivers in in the form of a stipend and so they're getting some financial support more than that they are getting support from nurses and social workers you know who through our technology uh, it's called Vela, by the way uh, through our technology, they communicate daily and also visit the home, uh, sometimes on a prescribed basis once or twice a month. We're able to manage the clinical complexity by providing training and advice and support to these caregivers. And I'll give you one quick example. We could talk about it further if you'd like. Sure. But one one of our protocols, uh, we call it VOICE for Dementia, um, and VOICE is an acronym uh Uh, that we created a number of years ago to uh, cover the various protocols uh, that we build in collaboration with caregivers. Because as you can imagine, a clinical protocol that a clinician might use directly to a member is is one thing. A clinical protocol that reflects the needs of the caregiver and the role of the caregiver and the complexities in the environment is something very different, and, and we've been fortunate to build those over time and the one with dementia in particular we we did in collaboration with the Bouvet School at Northeastern three years ago Um, and uh, you know the results of that particular uh, collaboration uh, is a a set of trainings and support for family caregivers um, uh, whereby they learn about the progression of the disease, they learn coping skills around the management of, of behaviors they learn a lot of self-care about how to take care of themselves during these very, very challenging times as as these complex uh, folks with dementia and Alzheimer's disease age in place.
0: And you talked about Vela, and I did want to get into that because the technology um, seems to be a, a big part of being able to service the family caregivers. Tell me more about it.
1: Vela is... Um, a, a collaboration communication platform. It uses HIPAA secure text messaging as its primary vehicle. So, why text? You know, why text versus telephone? For example, well, uh, if you think about the way we use text today in our own lives, it's all about context. So we text back and forth. You know, you and I, Gary, may text back and forth for a week or two and we gain a lot of context from that texting and at some point we may say well that's really good to hear could we set up a call that's the momentum that Vela is riding on in the problem it's uh, it's seeking to solve caregivers are proud fiercely proud people they're doing incredibly difficult work on top of their normal jobs and the question is you know, why is it that there's 40 million-plus family caregivers, 12% of our, you know, U.S. population, creating over $500 billion worth of value every year? To not have those caregivers part, formally part of the ecosystem is at a, at, a, at a minimum a lost opportunity and at a maximum, you know, a failing of our, of, of our society.
0: What do you want family caregivers to know about SeniorLink?
1: I'm I'm glad you asked. Uh, We've been able to start the process of using technology to extend our reach to support uh, non-live-in family caregivers. We, as you know, uh, we follow the risk, so we go where folks are in a place to recognize family caregivers and the power of family caregivers and, and pay us to support them. So we've created some models that are less labor-intensive on our end um, and more technology-intensive, you know, where we would put a coach behind Vela, but we wouldn't be out in the homes with any particular frequency. And that product we've taken, in in particular, to manage care, and we're starting to get uptake there. Uh, We're starting to um, find ways to bring Vela Uh, with coaching support to more family caregivers. And so uh, I think we will, over time, be able to increase our footprint and and make ourselves more available to more of the 40 million folks out there doing this great work.
0: What would be the one most important piece of advice you'd like to share with family caregivers?
1: Take care of yourself. That one's very clear to me. I think uh, uh, especially those who are working full-time and doing this work, uh, we know all the stats, you know, they're 6% uh, more costly to their employers because their own health is in decline. They often suffer from the same uh, bouts of depression as the individual they're caring for. I would say first and foremost and, and always be persistent about recognizing that You know, you are on a parallel journey to the person you're caring for and you're not going to do them any good when the times are the toughest if you're not able to take care of yourself.